Hi, I'm Jane, and together with Jodes, we are two proud feminists passionate about female empowerment. This podcast is our take on the real conversations, real issues, and real challenges we must stay focused on if we're going to inspire the next generation of female leaders, managers, and entrepreneurs to pick up the baton and continue the journey to equality. But be warned, there will be rants and the odd profanity, but mainly just lots of curious conversations, uplifting stories, great guests, and food for thought on the path we still have to travel. It is clear that our young girls need us to harness our gumption and to use our voices now to make the changes we all know need to happen. It's time to be a pioneer, not a passenger. To paraphrase the famous words, of a female game changer, Hollywood's iconic Bette Davis. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Okay, well, welcome uh, to Jane and Joe's On One. We're on series two, episode four. And remember, we're talking about how the system is biased. Today, we're talking about how the system is silencing us. But a little warning up front. We've had a complete debate about this. We've gone full circle from should we speak out and speak our truth and the truth that many other women believe in. But with it's like, oh, should we say that? Should we not say that? So we've decided to say it. So we're going to speak our truth today. It's our truth. It's our opinions, which are based on our experience. So everybody's going to have a different experience. Some of you may agree with us. Some of you may not. And that is absolutely Fine. Yeah, but if we didn't voice it, well, then, then we wouldn't be. The, the irony be would be that we, we are, are silenced. silenced. Yeah, so um, we're not going to be silenced. And I think anybody that knows both of us will probably agree that we're not silent. No, very often, aren't we, we? And we don't want you to be silenced either. No. So we want this to inspire you to speak up speak too. Up. Absolutely. So some of the things we're going to talk about. I mean, the first thing is that we do seem to be losing. Um, the female-only spaces that we've had for maybe 20, 30 years. So I'm talking about female-only networks, female circles, female-only events, and female awards, female festivals, all these things where women were in the company of other women and felt confident to speak up, to speak their truth, to share, to support, um, to talk about good practice. In a lot of organisations now, this is seen as not necessary. This is looked down upon. And we've kind of been hijacked by the DNI um, agenda. And neither of us have an issue with the DNI agenda. No, it's we necessary. Just, it's absolutely necessary. But we just like to be part of it. We want to be it. in it. We yeah. like to be in it. We are also part of the marginalised group. Absolutely. We are in the DNI category. We are in the DNI category. Even though we may be 52% of the population. We're not minority. We No, we're still marginalised in the world of work. Yeah. And so we still need to be in that. So in actually getting rid of all those female-only spaces, we are being silenced yeah okay so I'll give you an example uh, let's just take one of those one of those places um i very rarely come across female networks in corporates now whereas there used to be um you know women in business women in retail women in this women in that they're quite rare now they are quite rare and they're also open to men yeah so, so any kind of organization any kind of awards 
it's like PC now to say, and men can come too, no qualification. So then you're going to get lots of men in the room. Some of those men are allies, without a doubt, and I have no problem being mm-hmm. there. Some of them absolutely aren't. Yes. And they're there to subvert the process. Yeah. They're there to find out what's, what's going, going on. on. So they can go back and report and say, right, guys, they're doing this or they're doing that. We need to kind of subvert that. We need to sort this out. Because they're threatened. They're threatened. Um, I see lots of men now winning mainstream women's award categories. So they're not... It's not As a an, male ally. Yes. Yeah. No, but it's not an allyship award. Yeah. Yeah. It's a women's award and they're in the category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if it was an allyship award, brilliant. If it was a diversity award, brilliant. But it's not as a woman's award. It's for women. Yeah. But there are men in the categories. So there's a little bit of confusion there as well. The other thing that, yeah, is this one's played out for me. Yeah. Right. So for those of you that don't know, some of you will, but I host an annual festival um, called Womanifest. Right. And it is a celebration of all things female, feminine, and womanly. Um, which is, you know, originally in 2020 was set up entirely for women. It was a women only event. Um, And, you know, obviously COVID happened and a few things changed. But when we kind of started the festival back up again, you know, that became a, a bit of a challenge that, well, this isn't an inclusive space. You need to make this an inclusive space. And I found that really uncomfortable mm, because mm. actually I wanted to speak up for the fact that it is a yep. space for women. And I I didn't feel able to do that initially, you know. So it has been something that I have worked with other groups around to make it an inclusive space for those that feel that they want to develop their femininity. So as a basic example, if there was a person who identified identified as non-binary um but actually you know i stood fast and hard and i didn't move and it it wasn't easy to do you know i was challenged quite a bit around well you know we can't really say it's like for you know it's for femininity and womanly and female i was like but this festival cannot lose its purpose it is primarily for women however we're an inclusive bunch and we're very welcoming and therefore if you know if 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 developing that side of you or you you know you feel like you sit across that then by all means you can come and develop your femininity and be part of that um even men can come to it yeah but if you come in you better not be a you know a misogynistic pig because we we will chuck you out but you know if you're there to champion the cause and help and support and fly the flag well that's a different story Mm -hmm. but you know that's been an uncomfortable journey and actually I've had other women you know I've got a lot of comments online about some of that um and it wasn't just about um gender by the way it was about other DNI um groups too which you know it's important for us to be inclusive around all of those other um marginalization kind of characteristics for women but the way some of that came about was not very pleasant at all. Mm. It, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of curiosity. Yeah, yeah. It was led by people who weren't there. Yeah. And it was an attack that I wasn't included in. There yeah. was certainly no sisterhood yeah. around that. 
and that was hard mm. that that was really hard to go through and i got messages from many other women who witnessed that online that said oh my god are you okay Did i can't this happen believe after the festival yeah yeah, but I can't believe you've been attacked in this way. No, I can't. So, but my response was, right, okay, I'm going to front up to this. I'm not going to be silenced. Yeah. You know, I arranged a Zoom and I invited anybody who wasn't comfortable with what yeah. I'd done or wanted to know yeah. more. Because yeah. actually, I put a lot of effort in to make sure that it was diverse and it was inclusive. Um, and I wanted people to know that. Um, so I put that on for people to come and talk to me about that. They? Which, I, you know, I put myself in quite an exposed yeah. position. No, no, nobody showed one person okay. who's who um had instigated it. Okay, okay. So you know, interesting, but that was unpleasant for me. Absolutely. You know, to put that back in a the 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 nutshell that it is, that was a challenge and a challenge to me that wasn't very pleasant. No. You were trying to be you I, were trying to silence you. Yeah. Mm. Around doing something that yeah. was specifically yeah. for yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've had it many times with girls out loud when women and men will say, well, what about the boys? What about the boys? And I've had to kind of go through this justification of why it's about the girls, because the girls are the marginalised groups and the girls don't have equity. And, you know, although I I accept that there may be some need with the boys, then the boys need male role models. They don't need me. They don't need They're not going to listen to you, to no, be fair. They need male role models. So, you know, if you're that if you're that concerned about it, go and develop it. Yeah. And we all need role models that we feel represented yeah, with, absolutely. you know, and, and I don't think we'd find any group marginalised or not that would disagree with that. Mm -hmm. You know, we have it with some of the girls in schools, don't we, when we're looking for big sisters for them. If we're in a school that has got quite a lot of um, Indian girls yeah, yeah. in the year group, yeah. then we work hard to find, to find them role models absolutely. where they feel represented, where they can absolutely. see a version of themselves mm -hmm being successful yeah, yeah, yeah. how hard is that it's tough. so hard yeah well, we, i mean we have to work 10 times harder to get those black women and asian women into schools than we do yeah you know and we're getting there but it's it takes 10 times more recruiting and promoting to find them yeah it really does so um i thought i would tell the story of my lesbian friend because you know, I think there's this thing called intersectionality, isn't there, where, yeah. you know, you're a lesbian, you're a woman, you could be black, you might have new, some neurodiversity going on. So you kind of tick lots of different boxes. But, you know, she's very uncomfortable with this DNI agenda. And I, I remember having a conversation with her where she said to me, you know, Jane, I am a lesbian, but I'm a woman first. And the problem with being a, a lesbian in the DNI networks, when you go along to the LGBT groups, they're all run by gay men. And the majority of the activity is around gay men. So you feel marginalised already. You feel like you don't fit into that group. So she said, for me, the most important marginalised group for me is being a woman. Okay. Now, that was her opinion. Okay, that might not be the opinion of every lesbian no, out no. there. No, no, one example. That was her, and, and I just found that quite interesting. Yeah, but it know? breaks the boundary yeah. around. Most people would go to the fact that she is a lesbian yes. first. yeah. When for her, if anybody asked her, yeah. they'd like that. I think they might be surprised right. to hear that if that's where she sits. Yeah, I think it would. Yeah, which tells me then that there might be other people who feel the same, yeah. but don't yeah. necessarily speak up yeah. about that. Yeah, and she is vocal about it in her organisation. Yeah, she is head of DNI, and so she's really passionate about keeping those that female network. 
Yeah. And she's had to work really hard. Yeah. And particularly as a lesbian, because most people say to me, yeah, but you're gay. You've got the LGBT network. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but I'm also I also a woman. Want, I also want my woman, my women's yeah. network. Yeah, that's where she feels safest. That's where she feels, um, you know, her sisterhood is. That's where she feels safer. Yeah. And, and this is not about saying that any any one marginalised network group no. trumps any of the Absolutely others. Absolutely not. But, but we it need is about one, don't saying, we? we need one. We need one. And, and we're being taken out of the game, aren't we? Yeah. In you a know, way. I used to get to do loads of gigs for women's networks, you know, yeah. go in and run development days yeah. for them, specific workshops yeah. and things like that. Got to really search for them now. Well, so and if I find them, the budget's dried up. They're not yeah. getting. They're having to run it as an extracurricular activity yeah. as well as their day, day job, job, and they can't do it. Yeah. And so they're going under. Yeah. Not because it's, they. So it's not being valued, is it? It's no. like we don't need it anymore. Uh, we're not putting any money into it. You can run it if you want. Yeah. Uh, but it's you know it's not something that we see as a priority. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's all the stuff around the networks we wanted to talk about. Um. And, and you know, so, equality is, is it done? No, is it done, Jodes? No, but this does come up, and this is for me another thing around being silenced. Is I've come across a number of people, men and women, so this is not a man thing necessarily, um, who think that we that we've got equality. Yeah, you know, they don't necessarily yeah. get the whole equity no. equality no. piece. No. Right, but they're like, what are you on about? And I'll tell you where it comes up. So obviously I, ru I do run a women's network. It's called Leading Ladies Society. But we have local meetups, which I advertise in local Facebook groups every yeah. month. Yeah. And every single month without fail, I will get comments on any of those posts going, why is this for women only? And, I, you know, I will respond, you know, in a helpful purposeful way to explain that mm -hmm. actually these are still really useful spaces because we haven't we haven't got equity yet and we haven't got equality yes you have you've had equality for ages mm -hmm. so there's this kind of like mm -hmm. i don't know what it is a blinker yeah. to some of this stuff somewhere yeah. along the line there you know and i guess it depends what the, the stories you feed yourself yeah Whatever. Other stories, the organisation you work for feed as well. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's that broad brush, isn't it? Equality is this broad brush. So what a lot of men will say and women is like, well, everybody can go for that opportunity here. It's the same opportunity. Everybody can go for that bot, that job. You've got as much right to go for that job as I have. So, yeah. you, so it's equal. But we're not starting from the same position, are we? No. And that's the issue. And yeah. I think people haven't got the depth. Yeah. You know, International Women's Day this year was... a. a a pretty important one in that I'm hoping it did open people's eyes to the difference between equality and equity, mm. you know, and that actually you can't really get to equality until you've got equity. Mm. So mm. until that happens, I think I speak on behalf of both of us that says we need a women's network and we'll yeah. continue to do yeah. girls work. Girls work. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've got, yeah, until we've got it, you know, and, and then we've got it. It's like job done and we can, we can do something else. Can't yeah. We? That'd be nice. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen in our lifetime, but we'll definitely move it on as much yeah. as we can while we're here. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, we're talking about how the system is biased and how the system is silencing us. So we wanted to talk a little bit about what's happened post-COVID yeah. and hybrid working. Yeah, because I think that has really chucked things up in the air, hasn't it? Mm. It's kind of thrown us, feels like it's thrown us back a bit yeah. to, yeah. like... Like 1950s type yeah. times, a little even the but although women didn't have jobs like this in, in the 1950s, but this hybrid working thing, and I'm you know, 
I'm in this category. So this isn't me talking about other people. This has happened to me numerous times is that because I'm working from home mm -hmm. all of the time, most of the time now, um, I'm juggling all these plates, juggling all these balls, spinning all these plates. And I'm up from seven o'clock in the morning. I'm still going at 10 o'clock at night and it's all just blurring into one. Mm. Yeah. There's no lines. Yeah. There's no definition around yeah. it. There's no stop. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yet, you know, women, so many women say to me, oh, hybrid working is great because it's great for my work-life balance. When I ask them to explain that to me, <laughs> it's really not helping your work-life balance one iota. No. It's actually making it harder. Because you are at home, there's an expectation yeah. that you will have the dinner ready, that you will have put the washing out, that you will have gone and picked the kids up from mm. school, and um, that you will have, you know, like got their tea ready and so on and so forth. All these things, because you're at home. And, they, and the assumption is, well, you're at home, aren't you? Yeah, but I'm working. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but you're at home. We could do that as yeah. well. And actually, you know... <laughs> Even if you've not got that expectation from somebody else, the other person that you live with, because actually my husband isn't like that with me, but I've got like that on yeah. my own. Yes, I'm at home. Yeah. You've got so, this, this kind of like definition of what being at home means. And I've brainwashed myself yeah. that I've got a good work-life balance yeah. until the point where I've burnt out yeah. and I felt like I've lost my marbles. Yeah. And I have a bit of a meltdown and everything comes crashing down around my ear rolls. And then David's like, what's happened? Because yeah. I haven't said anything yeah. about it yeah. I, yeah. because I've been doing all the things yeah. all the time. He yeah. never expected me to do them, but I never asked for any help either. Mm. Mm. And I don't know whether so many mm. of us have got conditioned into that, mm. that that's the way things are supposed to be. Mm. So we're into superwoman territory Super, here. Absolutely. Yeah, which we talked about in series I have series a three-monthly cycle of this. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. are. And then we go, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. Um, and then we try and do something about it. And then yeah. we gradually get and gradually it sneaks back in. Yeah, yeah. Bites you on the arse when yeah. you're not looking. The other thing about this, though, for me, is that this is a way of us being silenced. Because if you're hybrid working, you're not in the office. Yeah. If you're not in the office, you're invisible. Yeah. Okay. So the fact that you're at home working really hard, nobody's suggesting you're not. Nobody can see that, and and we've done a we've done a power up session around this. That visibility is the key, the absolute key to you getting promoted. Absolutely, to you getting that. It's not your performance. Job. What do you say? Performance is ten percent. Yeah, your visibility is sixty. Your personal brand's thirty, but your personal brand and visibility, you've got to be in the game. And hybrid yeah. working takes you out of the game because you're behind your pc absolutely your at home, and it you? also it kind of like compounds this this sexist narrative that you want to be home anyway don't you really you know i mean you know like women want to work we want to be home really don't you want to be picking the kids up from school and looking after you your husband flexibility. You, you only want to do that anyway you don't really want the big job so it it you know unless you're really aware of that and you're doing something practically to make sure that you are invisible, then, you know, there's a danger that you're being you're completely be, yeah. silenced. Completely silenced. So it does worry me that, you know, when women are like, oh, it's great, working at home, I can put the washer on before I start work. You know, it's great, everything's like, it's not great. Because like you say, there's this expectation because you're at home, so you work yourself into the ground. 
then you're working late at night because you might take an hour off in the day. But then I get told off for working in the yeah. evening. And then. women are really honest. So if you've <laughs> taken this hour off, you'll put two back in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, for that hour that you went and picked the kids up and you, you took them for an ice cream and I walked through the park, the company's going to get another two hours off you. Mm. Yeah. So it's dangerous. It's really dangerous and it needs to be, you know, really clearly thought out. Otherwise, it does nothing for your work-life balance. Uh, it feeds a very negative narrative and it makes you invisible. Invisible, inside. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But, um, well, thinking about the world of work in yeah. that kind of corporate sense, yeah. there's something else around that about being silenced. I think this will resonate with loads of women because actually a lot of my coaching clients come to me and this is what they present with and it's that they are being told that they are too emotional mm. in work mm. yeah you know and that they need to sort that shit out Lordable. you know you're yeah. too too emotional yeah. in work you know and they come to me as if to say can you cure me of being emotional and like strip me of all my emotion yeah. you know and I'm like no no I want you to keep it yeah because actually, I think a lot of corporate organisations have become really cold and clinical yeah. and lack personality and mm. any kind of humanity to them. And what makes us human is our emotions. Yeah. You know, it's the yeah. one thing that stands out about yeah. us as creatures yeah. is that we've got this emotional intelligence. And you know what? For me, um, I believe that emotional intelligence comes easier for women i think it's much more naturally innate yes that's not to say men aren't but no. i think on the whole yes it, it comes is. to Absolutely. us a little bit easier Absolutely. and so you know it's i don't want women trying to leave their emotions at the door drop those emotional bags at the door and come in and be a robot while they're in the office i want them to be able to use that emotion purposefully yeah which kind of starts to take us into a bit of solution territory yeah. a bit. It's like, yeah. what's the answer yeah. to this? Because to leave our emotions at the door, that's silencing. Yeah, that's saying you can't have a voice. Mm -hmm. You can't express those things. Mm -hmm. Actually, they're really important. You know, and I don't want any leaving those at the door. But what is important is that you can use them purposefully. Mm -hmm. You know, and the way that you do that is by A, Developing that a bit of emotional intelligence, if you haven't got it already, about regulating, which means I can spot when, I've, when I'm experiencing a feeling. Yeah. Now, normally I go, right, where is it in my body? Yeah. And what's the sensation? And I've learned to label those things. Okay. So when I feel it in my tummy, yeah. and it feels like a bit like a washing machine, I'm worried or concerned about something. Yeah. If I get butterflies and flaps in my chest, yeah. something's like making me anxious. Yeah. Yeah, if I'm if it's up here in my head, it might be that I'm really cross or frustrated about yeah. something. You know, there's all these different yeah. emotions that it could be. But then when I can do that, my job is to describe it, not display it. Yeah. So instead of having an emotional outburst and going batshit crazy where yeah. everyone thinks you're a deranged lunatic, yeah, <laughs> and then you get the feedback, is more to be able to vocalize it and say, right, team, just stop a minute. And want to really let you know that I am so disappointed and I'm quite angry that you've missed this deadline. Yeah. It's not okay yeah. that you've done that. Yeah. You know, you've put my credibility on the line and yeah. this team's credibility on the line out of order. You know, I land my message. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I don't lose it. Yeah. I'm still purposeful yeah. with it. Okay. So that's number one that thing, measures, I think. A measured approach. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. But the other things, really, there's more, isn't there? And yeah. gonna, I think it brings us back to oh, the sisterhood, it's a sisterhood. Point. Every, Do you know, every single podcast we do brings us back to this. I think we could run courses on this, couldn't we? So, now so there's an idea. I know. So this sisterhood <laughs> thing, and again, teach the girls. Yeah. Teach the girls this as well. I was talking to somebody about this today. Because they, if we think we've got no sisterhood, they've got zero. Absolute zero. So we need to see sisterhood as a habit. If we get into a habit of supporting each other, then it becomes easier for us to speak out. Yeah. Because if you know people have got your back, yeah, so you're in the room and something happens, if you know that there are people in that room that have got your back because they're part of your support network, then you feel more confident going, can I just say I think that's a little bit inappropriate or that's making me feel X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So the more you support other women, then the easier it's going to be for you to speak your truth. Yeah. It is a habit. So sisterhood, again, is the number one for me for us to collectively speak up, collectively find our voice, and collectively stop being silent. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's a big one, isn't mm, it? Absolutely. I mean, the other one is to reevaluate this work-life balance in relation to hybrid working. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be Think women it. Yeah, who might have the same realisation that I had. You know, I want to be really kind of like upfront with that. I'm not yeah. sitting here claiming to be perfect yeah. and I have this revelation every three months. Yeah. At some yeah. point I need to learn the lesson for yeah. good, but hey-ho. Yeah. But yours is about the work-life balance, isn't it? You know, as people that work at home, like we do, um, you know, there is a danger of not compartmentalising work and stopping. Yeah, but it's the thing, that. though. I've, I've fed myself a narrative. I've created a yeah. belief that yeah. I've... I've thought is an empowering belief. Yeah. I.e., yeah. I've got this not. cool work life balance. Yes. When actually, when I step back away from it, it's yes. not empowering, it's limiting. Yes. It's a limiting belief that I've yes. got work life yeah. balance. But you're not you're not silenced by that. No, but so it's not the same as like if you're a corporate woman and you're at home yeah. and you're not in that office being seen because you don't need to be seen no, in that way. I don't, but there might be other women that have the same revelation as me yes. who are in that corporate yes. situation yeah. who yeah. might then put two and two together and think, yeah. oh, my God, yeah. yes, yeah. I'm yeah. not visible. Yeah. I am I'm not they may a voice. Not, absolutely, and they may not see the result of that for many years. Yeah. For many, many years because – you know, they they won't be being put forward for promotion yeah. or they won't be on a panel for this or whatever. And they'll suddenly realise, well, hang on a minute. Uh, why, why, why are you not seeing that? Well, you, where are you? Yeah. And the classic warning sign, I think, is when you sat at home at your desk and then you know something's niggling you and you know you think, no, I don't know what to do about it. Oh, I'm not saying anything. You procrastinate over addressing things. It's easier to put them off when yeah. you hide, when you work from home. Yeah. That's a biggie. Yeah, because you're not in front of it, are you? Yeah. And I think that, you know, the last one on all of this is about sponsorship. Yeah. Link to that hybrid working, you know, because when it's quite good to hybrid work. Yeah. Providing it isn't limiting your visibility. And yeah. one thing we see time and time again, don't we, when we do big sister training for Girls Out Loud, when we get all those corporate women in the room and we talk to them about their own visibility, yeah. and none of them have got a sponsor, yeah. yet many men... Most of them don't even understand what it is. No. But actually, you know, it's about having somebody in the organisation who is advocating for you, yeah. who is your poster boy or girl, yeah. who is Who's in the, in the rooms you that you're not in, yeah. who sits around the table that you're not round, so that they can put you forward and... 
you know, say, do you know what? Jane would be great at yeah. that. Have you thought about Jane? Yeah. Well, they wouldn't think about Jane because she's not in the room. But Jane's sponsor is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, the thing, and, 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 you know, there are a lot of good men and women out there that would be fantastic sponsors. So go and ask them. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a woman sponsor. No. That, yeah. No, it, it's, it's somebody that you trust, that you respect, that's in a position that, you know, is probably the next one for you. Yeah. Or the next or the next couple for and you. Someone who sees your potential. Yeah. And that and believes in you. And it's it's a lot of the time it's an informal relationship. It's not formal. No. Go and ask them. Yeah. Say, say, you know, I really respect you. I really admire you. Do you fancy being my sponsor? Yeah. Help. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, here endeth the lesson yeah. on this one. So um, you know what? If some of that's triggered some thought for you, then uh, maybe it is time to think about how you can purposefully use your voice. Is there something that you maybe think it would be wise to speak up about? Yeah. Um, Do not let the system silence. Yeah. So on that note, we'll see you next time. You have been listening to Jane and Jodes on one. Until next time, remember, sisterhood matters. Together, we are bold, brave, fierce and unstoppable. <laughs>